It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Mason Dixon, joined once again by Corey, the Bayou Benders, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. So we're we're back for another episode of Habs Nightly. The killer offseason of the Canadians continues. Uh, not much is going on. Habs fans are currently posted up, staying low, just waiting for Shane Wright, hopping on the bandwagons of our new second-round teams as we await the draft in July. But, Corey, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good. Uh, and I want to shout out all of our fans. Thank you all so much. Um, I'm editing the episode yesterday or the day before, whenever we did Sunday. I mean, what, what was yesterday? Whenever we did the Wednesday episode or Thursday, whatever the fuck it is. Uh, we are back to getting about the same uh, amount of listens and downloads as we did last season before we had our, uh, our hi- hiatus due to uh, long, long fucking playoffs, and then basically immediately back into um, the next season, along with Mason starting school and me getting back to work from rehab. Uh, I just want to thank thank y'all so much. Uh, if you're a new listener, how are y'all? Uh, I'm sure next season or mid off season we'll do uh, another kind of break the ice, getting to know everybody episode again. Uh, but I just want to say thank y'all so much for listening and sticking around. Or if you're new, uh, giving us a shot because uh, the numbers are back. Habs Nightly is back uh, as one of the top contributors to the Hockey Podcast Network. And we're back where we're supposed to be. And it's all thanks to y'all. 
Yes, thank you guys so much. Um, as Corey said, we took a little bit of a dip, a little bit of a hit uh, in our hiatus there. Uh, you know, understandably so, but both of us kind of needed the break. I can't believe it's been almost a year now since we've done that, though. We're finally back, and which is crazy considering it is the off season. So we really appreciate your guys' support. Um, so in that, with that being said, that out of the way, we are recording this Thursday night. Uh, this will be airing on Monday. That's because Corey has a trip planned. And you know what? The guy needs it. He works hard, not only for uh, his job, but on this podcast, all of the work, all the uploading, all the editing that is done by Corey. So if you guys didn't know that, you know, all the Let's love. Go. Yeah, <laughs> you, you put in all the work, man. I just show up every uh, Sunday and Wednesday. Yeah, and- we got to get Mason through college. So that, that's a big thing. Somebody, somebody on this, somebody on this podcast needs to not just get a random diploma sent to the house two years after not being able to go back to school for uh, an over uh, abundance <laughs> of, of lackluster credits. <laughs> but anyway yeah so uh due to that we are recording uh this thursday night however you know i I gotta go fishing i gotta go yeah man's gotta go fishing bring get some stories for us so we can share it he can share it all with you uh but in that so what do you want to talk about tonight then that being said we're not gonna be too up to date with the playoffs but this can be a fucking roller coaster of an episode um, it can go anywhere. It, it honestly could. Um, well, I think I'd like to start with, uh, some draft talk, uh, yeah. world championships going on some young, exciting players, uh, playing and a contentious figure among Habs fans has been making some buzz positive and negative at the world championships. <laughs> uh, Jura Slavkovsky, the, you know, just, we've spoken Power. about uh, the, the monster, yeah. the 17-year-old monster, six foot, what, six foot three, six foot four, uh, projected to go anywhere from first from some outliers, Grant McKegg, we're looking at you, I think we'll discuss Grant later on, and, but, you know, a lot in the top three and, you know, as far down as I've seen him go 10th in some mock drafts, most have him in the top three, top five, a very polarizing figure, Uh, a personal favorite of Corey's, however, and Stavkovsky. He's my favorite guy in the uh, expected to go in the first round. He's my favorite guy. There's, There's no doubt about it. This kid's a fucking freak. He's 18 years old. He's 6'4". Fucking 218. That's a big boy. That's a fucking huge ass kid. Absolutely. And I, I'll be honest, I like him too. I think he's going to be great. He made some, wow, what a fucking voice crack. Great. Sounding like a, <laughs> like fat bastard. Wow, great. Great. <laughs> um, no, Slavkovsky made some big noise at the Olympics, uh, getting Slovakia one of their, I think their first Olympic medal in hockey, in ice hockey at least. And uh-huh. he's back for the men's national team. Had some great games, but uh, Glare gave up a brutal turnover the other night. 
straight to Timo Meyer right out of the box. It was, <laughs> it was awful. Wrong guy to give it up to. Of course, Meyer absolutely buried it, burned the Slovaks there. But I just want to get your opinion, Corey. I know you've probably you're not the the biggest prospect guy, but this is someone you've probably watched more than any. I think was it fair to say you've probably watched more tape on this guy than you have Shane Wright? Yeah. It's yeah, <laughs> you can you can fucking throw egg on my face, whatever. Uh, but no, I actually I absolutely did because I well, uh, like I said, you know, a couple of episodes ago and on the live stream, I did not think Montreal was going to get the first overall. So there was no point in me caring about Shane Wright. I, I knew what it was. It's a name. You understand he's going to be most likely the best option out there. Um, so I was looking at the next best thing, you know, and uh, Mason showed me this kid and I fucking fell in love with him. Uh, and I was like, this is, this is the kid I'm going to fucking follow. Um, but yeah, um, honestly, dude, you know, like you said, uh, I'm not the biggest on the, the draft, you know, prospects watching shit like that. And it's honestly because I'm still green to figuring out, uh, sites for it and where I can really find this shit. It's really tough to do it in Southern Louisiana. Um, it's just something that wasn't. Just, it's not a big crowd down here, you know? So it's like, until I started working with Mason and the other guys at THPN, there was so much that I was missing out of my hockey, uh, I guess, experience, especially with podcasting. You know, we all went from like a really green, not knowing shit to, you know, being a little bit more, I wouldn't say veteran, but, you know, at least uh, a bit of an understanding of it. But I, I'm so far, uh, I guess, how the fuck do I say it? I'm just not equipped enough like some of these guys from Canada and the Northern States and shit, just because it's something that's, you know, highly talked about and shit. You know, it's something that people are interested in down here for me. Fucking what do I do? Like Google search it. Like I I just wouldn't know where the fuck to look. So I got a lot of guys that had helped me. uh, And there's still a lot of things that I need to understand. And and then the newest one is, is really just uh, following the, prospects and in their journeys and shit like that um you know one of the best things i was gifted was elite prospects (laughs) but um yeah like you're saying though had some some good moments in the world i had a couple of sloppy ones but uh i'm gonna take it as a grain of salt 18 years old uh plays overseas I, i feel personally that you know the game's a a little bit tougher over here, a little bit. There's some things that isn't probably played in, in their style and an easy turn turnover. It's, it, that's a, that's a bad one. That's a fucking bad one. But um, nonetheless, he's still my favorite guy coming out of this draft. And I'd like to see, I'd like to see him go early, but if he falls and I think we got the 13th overall pick too, uh, if I'm not mistaken, shit be cool to see us move up and grab him but i i, I don't i don't think that's gonna happen I, I don't see this dude dropping below five i'd be really surprised and if he does then my heart's pumping to fucking move up to get him well i think it's probably highly likely uh based on the draft lottery okay i think personally i'm a big slavkovsky guy but it's kind of unanimously been said that logan cooley may be the better player Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are more high on him. But it's interesting the way the lottery fell. 
New Jersey. The Devils got sec the second overall pick, and the Devils are kind of a. I think I think it's pretty rare to have a team draft this high and have absolutely no use for a top a top two centerman. <laughs> However, they don't like. I know you draft best player available. They don't really need a center, and. If you're splitting hairs the way you are with Stavkovsky and Cooley, because some even have Stavkovsky at number one, I think I'd be willing to bet he goes to New Jersey. And see, like that just screams dangerous combo with him and Jack Hughes on that top mm-hmm. line. Even if you played with Nico Heischer, they could be a big bruising line on the second line together. I think Stavkovsky is going to be dropped right into a really good situation. If he does end up going to New Jersey, that's a team that's going to be in the playoffs next year. Let's be honest. Jack Hughes is not letting them. Oh, I think it's an easy show. Devils in the playoffs. They've got a great young goalie who had a bad year. I think he'll bounce back. They've got a great young defense. They have Dougie Hamilton back there as their number one. Their young guys are going to get better. Jack Hughes is going to become a superstar next season. That is a that is my prediction. No, I, I love that. Uh, I, I like that. One thing I really did like about Slavkovsky is that he, he's very versatile now. Uh, they threw him in as a center, and he kind of glued with it just as well as he did as a winger. Um, Let's be clear, he is not a center. <laughs> yeah, no, but his yeah, – uh, absolutely not, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I like that he was given the opportunity to fucking do it. Um, I didn't think he was the fucking worst at it, Um, but I'd like to actually see him if he does go to New Jersey, which uh, shout out to fucking Neil, because when we did the live stream, when he popped on before to do his preview for the the THPN, whatever game he was covering that night, uh, he was like, I don't fucking who wants to trade for this pick? We don't I don't need it. I don't think the team needs it. Uh, And it it just kind of piggybacks on what you were saying. They're not. They're not in the hunt for like, you know, the top couple of guys are not anything that they really need. Uh, but let's say they go Slavkovsky. Dude, I'd love to see him on the same line as uh, Jesper Bratt. I, I bet his numbers would fucking go up. After a, a lightning season Jesper Bratt had this year, imagine someone that big being able to force his way into, into the crease, into you know, just into like a, creating plays just out of sheer strength. And then Jesper Bratt coming in to clean it up or just a, a, a solid dish back to him. Like it just sounds like a fucking powerhouse what waiting to happen. Well, and why I think he'd be great with a guy like Hughes is because I see Slavkovsky as a trigger man. Mm-hmm. And I say that because he's very versatile. He has great skill, but I don't think his hockey IQ is the greatest. No. And I'm thinking like, a, but a guy like a guy like Jack Hughes, who is so cerebral and one of the, already one of the smartest players in the National Hockey League, he'll figure it out. You know, you know what I mean? He'll find a way to play with Slavkovsky. Slavkovsky can play a simpler game. Listen, just skate, move, get open. Hughes will find you. Yeah. And I think it would be a great situation there. But the reason we bring up Slavkovsky is because there's two months of hockey left. And Kent Hughes has been at Slavkovsky's games. The Habs are doing their due diligence. We've said previously, a couple episodes ago, Shane Wright will go number one overall. I still stand by that. But as you said, it's rare. It's probably not going to happen. 
Habs got some big contracts to move. There could be some movement in the draft picks and mm-hmm. have to trade up. You know, I don't think they'd trade down, to be honest. I don't get that vibe from Gordon and Hughes. I don't think they like that philosophy. Yeah. But I could see the Habs moving up a couple picks into the top, t- back up into the top 10. If they think they can jumpstart their rebuild because someone's falling, you know, I think this is an organization now with. Hey, uh, Cole Caulfield fell. I mean, not, yeah. not the same, not the same, you know, um, head office people, but he fell and fuck, he might be one of our best draft picks in a fucking well over a decade. One of? Yeah, I think. The last decade, he's absolutely, I think he's already the best mm-hmm. drafted player, that, which is, you know, says a lot about him and I think also about the organization. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. I, I think Slavkovsky is a guy Habs fans should keep their eye on, as well as Logan Cooley. Um, simply because, yeah, I, I think the Habs could be up to something here. And I understand teams do their due diligence. But from everything I've heard, you know, it's not – like Kent Hughes and Gordon personally have traveled to Europe. They're watching this tournament. They're scouting guys. They're going to take every opportunity to get the last bit of scouting. And in that, while we're talking about that, um, unfortunately, Shane Wright and the Kingston Frontenacs were eliminated finally in the Mm -hmm. OHL playoffs. Unfortunately, they just couldn't, you know, they almost rallied back from being down five, nothing. Jesus. They lost, they lost six, five. Oh, (laughs) Shane Wright was absolutely instrumental. And I think it's important to note because there has been a bit of a fucking smear campaign run by, a former washed-up NHL scout, a part-time NHL scout by the name of Grant McKegg, uh, who runs Recruits uh, Scouting. It's a website. Mm-hmm. For those of you on, tw- on Hap's Twitter, you've almost certainly heard of Grant. Look, I don't – I for the, uh, for an audience that isn't Twitter-based, I, I try not to bring up Twitter-type beefs or whatever stuff going on because – a beef. You know, it, it's not relevant, but in this case, I think it's important because I think Grant represents not his opinions don't only represent himself, but the opinions of some media outlets, maybe not even that, but let's say his actions, because it's not isolated. Basically, for those of you who aren't aware, Grant McKay has been ripping Shane Wright to, to pieces, everything <laughs> he's done. He, every mis- little mistake he's made, he's analyzed it over and over again and said, oh, I don't, Shane Wright could fall to third and stuff like that. All the while, he's propping up Slavkovsky, who many Habs fans hate now, and put, kind of putting him on a pedestal. Now, yeah. this is strategic, I, in my opinion, Corey, because I don't think Grant thinks Shane Wright isn't going first overall. I think this guy's fishing for clicks. And Mm -hmm. what I expect to happen is a lot more of this in the weeks and months leading to the draft. I think you're going to see a lot of French media talking about stuff like this and, you know, maybe even English house media trying to downplay as we've seen in previous drafts. There's always this talk of right near the draft. Oh, he might not go first overall. We've seen it many times. And honestly, the only time, it, it's really the, the first overall selections really changed in my memory. Corey, you may, you may be able to correct me was when Nico Heischer went instead of Nolan Patrick in 2017. 
Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we have known who was going first overall every year for, I don't know, the last decade or so, would you say? No, I think that's fair. And if you look back at those picks, and to lead to my point, 2012, Yakupov was in total, utter fail. But from what I've heard, actually, yeah, sorry, that, that was, that's the other draft, sorry. 2012, there wasn't really a consensus either. Mm-hmm. I, apparently, most teams had Yakupov lower than Edmonton did. Other than that, though, 2010, Taylor Hall, I think best player in his draft. I would certainly want Taylor Hall. 2011, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, phenomenal player rushed into the NHL. We don't give a lot of hell to Oilers. Yakupov, we've already spoken about. 2013, Nathan McKinnon. 2014, Aaron Ekblad. 2015, do I really have to – do I have to introduce him? McDaddy, McJesus, McDavid, the God himself, that says enough. 2016 was Matthews. 2017, Nico Heischer, who at first didn't look great, but, Corey, I'd say he's turning into a pretty – a pretty solid player. I think he's going to put together a really, really good career. He's going to be a, I think he could be a number one center if it weren't for Jack Hughes. Mm-hmm. 2015, Darlene went first overall. Now it wasn't looking good the first few seasons, but I think he looks incredible. Like just, I think he's going to be one of the best. I think he's going to win a Norris or two when he's done playing. And, you know, uh, we've seen these other draft picks. I'm trying to remember. I can't remember. 2019 was Hughes or no, 2019 wasn't Hughes. Was it, or was it, I think 2019 was Hughes. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm drawing a blank now, but you get my point. All these guys who have gone first overall have been absolutely amazing players. So regardless of what happens, if Shane Wright turns out and to be, you know, a generational talent like he was projected to be at 15, or if he turns out to be less than that, Montreal is getting an amazing player. When you draft first overall, you get almost all the time, you get an amazing player. And I think that's, there's a lot to be excited uh, for coming up into July. No, I think you're right. Oh, I'm looking at fucking Tankathon. And dude, I whipped so fucking hard. There's, we're not close to fucking 13. Uh, our next pick is like the 29th, and I think the 30th. Uh, <laughs> right now, Calgary's drafting like 25th, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, Jesus Christ. I don't know where the fuck I saw that. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, anyway, uh, I think it was 19 because number two was uh what's his name um the rangers 2020 2020 was lafreniere no 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 no. 2019 i was i was confirming your 2019 for huge oh it was caco caco capo who's you know like i remember i was like showing my cousin i was like dude they're calling this kid the fucking wizard like you should see his fucking you know his compilations are unreal uh still solid player but yeah that's Maybe well, that's not. just that's just Rangers' development. What they've done to those two guys is <laughs> terrible. And you've seen Lafreniere in these playoffs when he gets an opportunity, he fucking kills it, man. I think Lafreniere is still going to be an absolutely phenomenal player, like without a doubt. I mean, people have almost written him off already. Like he yeah. he's the real deal. He's not. There are some first overall picks who are lesser than others. I think he's like. 
I think he, he could be Hughes level. Like mm-hmm. I think he's going to be a star in this league. Um, Before we really move on, uh, I wanted to. I don't want. I don't want to say. I wanted to to note, but uh, while we're still talking the draft, uh, I it's pretty awesome that our uh, like. I know we got a late round first. You know, we still have a late first round pick, but like right behind that, you know, we have the number one in the second round too. So it's thirty third. Yep. Like, there's gonna be someone that falls. Like, even beyond whatever, like, if we move up our 29th pick or we move up our 33rd pick, which I fucking doubt, because you'd have to put a a big old price tag with that. But uh, someone that's a first, I I, I would think a first, uh, a first round draft pick is going to fall. And we have a great opportunity to to grab someone who might have fell below the ranks again. No, definitely. And, the thing about this draft and they say it lacks some top high-end talent. That's what the some, a lot of the scouts have said. I tend to disagree. I think this draft has a lot of high-end talent, but to maybe placate what they've said, maybe compromise a little bit, maybe the talent isn't as – not the talent, let's say the ceilings of some of the players okay. are quite high – as other drafts, but this draft is deep. Okay. Like you see at you see draft boards with Matthew Savoie going eighth. And this is a guy we were talking about going second overall all year. Just right. absolutely lit up the WHL. Now there's undersized player who's probably gonna fall because he's undersized. Mm-hmm. And we know what happens every time this happens. Like he He's phenomenal, and there are other guys like Joachim, Joachim Kamel, who at the who before the season started was the consensus number two, and some some teams, some scouts still have him at number two. There's this draft is wide open. David Jiracek, Simon Nemec. Um, I think this well, is going to be a surprising fucking draft. Like at least, are, at least I'm sorry, at least like uh, like the talent of them. Like there's, there's been a lot of like. There's a lot of lost time. So, like, this There's one's kind of up in the fucking air. There are about – and honestly, I, I truly – like, there's about 12 players, maybe more, in this draft that I have heard going in the top five. And some <laughs> – you can take the pessimistic approach and say, oh, that's because this draft sucks. It, no, it's because these guys are – they're good. Like, they're, they're competitive. It's so – it's so close. They've been pushing each other back and forth all year. And if anything, I think that shows how, how amazing Shane Wright is that even though he had a very subpar start to the year, no one's wavered in having him first overall, considering all the movement in this draft. Right. Well, one more thing on the draft. Um, Like you're saying, there's going to be a lot of great depth in this, in this draft. Uh, we have 14 picks this year, but seven of them are in one first to third round. So I think whatever we grab, we're going to grab a pretty stout group. Uh, and I'm pretty excited for that. I mean, our last last year's, we had a big old fucking, I think it was like another close to 15 draft picks. And with 
sitting on another good year of that. Um, I'm just honestly excited. So, no, me too. And I'm also getting really fucking excited because uh, the Avs and St. Louis are playing right after we're done this recording. I'm about mm-hmm. to go out, watch it, have a few beers with the boys. Look, I've I've got my money on the Avs all day, every day, and you know it's a great place to uh, <laughs> put your money on the line for some hockey teams. That's DraftKings, and I think we have a word from them. We always do because they pay the fucking bills. Hockey fans, the pursuit of the Stanley Cup is on, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? With DraftKings same-day parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot and an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Y'all remember, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Uh, so back to the episode. So, Mason, you brought up the Blues, the Avalanche. Um, game one was fucking unreal. Uh, blues strike first. It went fucking deep as hell. What? Yeah, it went to fucking overtime. Um, and an unlikely hero scores for the Avalanche. Uh, Jordan Bennington, uh, you know, no matter how much you don't want to see your team fucking lose, Jordan Bennington was fucking unreal that game. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, the avalanche hit like the bar or the post two or three times in the first period. It, it's just been a, a lights out game. I honestly thought it was going to be the most, uh, high scoring game, but that happened, uh, yesterday, right after we finished recording. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure we'll get to that in a second, but, uh, I still have faith in the avalanche. I, I just, I don't, I don't know. You tell me. I know you're – I'm not going to say I'm not a the biggest Avalanche fan. They're one of my top fucking teams. But I still think the Blues is going to give them a run for the money. You said you were going to – they were going to win in five games. I'd said six. All right. So, brief interruption or seamless transition. I'm not sure how Corey's going to edit this. <laughs> uh, we'll see what happens. I, I went to Robot Mason for a sec, I guess, and my answer was not recorded. But what I was saying was I think everything depends on the Saint, this game tonight. I think the St. Louis Blues are going to come out absolutely aggressive, hungry. Um, Colorado doesn't ever really have to weather a storm because they just, they're so dominant. But their equivalent of that, if they can do that for the first five, ten minutes and win this game, I still think the abs in five, like they're so, and it's not anything against St. Louis. It's, this is just one of the best hockey teams I've ever seen. No, that's fair. That's fair. And uh, I think they're playing the best team uh, in the West to give them like a bang for their buck. Like uh, whoever wins this series 
is going to be the representation probably from the West in the Stanley Cup finals. Like, the way fucking Edmonton and Calgary, they were playing each other so fucking hard, beating the shit out of each other. Exactly. So, like, no whoever comes out of like, that is going to be fucking, like, with a wonky wheel. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> it's oh, not shit. happening. But anyway, no. because, you know, you guys are hockey fans, I hope you understand. We're going to be honest with you. We really want to go watch that game. So <laughs> we're going to end the episode yeah. here. <laughs> we're going to roll out of here. One, because it's time to watch that fucking game. Two, uh, I'm now that we've had that hiccup with the audio, normally uh, lightning strikes twice. And I know Mason's audio is going to fucking lapse out again. So uh, it, it's for me. Thank you all so much. Thank you all for uh, making our podcast rise again. It's, it's all thanks to you all. And we do all of this for you all. Uh, otherwise, we'd just be talking amongst ourselves like friends. So, uh, Mason, if you don't have anything else to say, you take us out, bud. All right. Well, everything Corey said, we appreciate all you guys do for us. And we appreciate you guys coming along, joining us for our fucking, you know, crazy, silly, maybe stupid hockey takes. We appreciate all the support. You guys can find us at Bayou Benders and at Habs Nightly on Twitter and Instagram. Although, I don't post anything on Instagram, so Corey's going to have to carry the load there, much like he does with the editing. We appreciate it, so thank you, and we'll see you guys on the next episode. Y'all take care. I'm going to go fishing. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.